Hey friends, well, after a long and for many of you cold winter, are you ready to bring the spirit of the islands into your home? Look no further than Home Threads, where comfort meets coastal living. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a collection inspired by the tranquility of the beach. From breezy linens to stylish coastal decor, they've got everything you need to turn your home into a seaside retreat, and always at the best value. If you haven't been to the Home Threads website yet, you have to go check it out, see their beautiful bedding, everything they have for your kitchen, lighting, workspace, and a gift guide, which has something for everyone on your list. I'm thinking ahead to Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, and more. So visit homethreads.com forward slash Monica and get a code for 15% off your first order. Because whether you're on the islands or dreaming of the sea, Home Threads brings the beach to you. Home Threads, love where you live. Aloha and welcome to the third episode of the Boy Mom Podcast. I'm Monica Swanson and I'm coming to you again from the North Shore of Oahu and I'm so glad you're here with me today. Well, we are continuing on covering the chapters from my book, Boy Mom, and today we are in chapter three, which is called Training Ground. It covers boundaries, freedoms, and discipline in raising our sons. And as you can imagine, that is a whole lot to cover. And because of that, we're going to break it down into two different podcast episodes. And to make it way more fun, I'm bringing on a friend with me. Yes, my friend Wendy Speak is joining me today to cover boundaries and freedoms. And then I'm bringing her back again to talk about discipline in the next episode. Now, many of you already know about Wendy. Wendy is an author, a speaker. She has a lovely blog. And um, I'll be sharing links to all the places you can find her at the end of this podcast episode. But but Wendy is just a special friend to me. She is a boy mom, yes. She is a writer friend, yes. But to make Wendy even extra special, she wrote the foreword to my book. Yes, you'll find Wendy's lovely words opening up the boy mom book. I think you're going to really enjoy what she has to say there. Well, Wendy is the friend I turn to when I have all the thoughts in my head and she just is able to somehow put it all into words so well. She has a background in acting. I like to think that's why, but the truth is she's just a wealth of wisdom. She knows the word of God. She's funny. And I think you're really going to enjoy our chat today. So as we cover boundaries, we're going to talk about things like what are boundaries? What kind of rules are reasonable in our home? Is it okay to have different rules for different kids? Ooh, so much to cover. And then we also dive into freedoms because we love to talk about freedoms. Boys need adventure. What does it look like for Wendy? And what does it look like for my boys? Freedoms are super important, but the right kind of freedoms are really key. Boundaries and freedoms go together. And then of course, discipline is right in there too. And that one you'll have to wait for the next episode to talk about. So guys, I think you're going to enjoy this. There's always a lot more content on these subjects over in my book. So as soon as you can get your hands on it, you're going to find research and more of my experience and um, some practical resources too that you can take home with you right away and put into use with your own kids, whether they're toddlers or teenagers. So without further ado, I'm going to share with you my chat with Wendy, and I hope you get a lot out of it. Thanks for being here. Hey, Wendy, thank you so much for joining me today. Yes, of course. You know you're one of my favorite people to talk to about raising boys, and so now we just get to invite all your friends to join us. I know. I love that. And you're not just a writer friend and a boy mom, but I'm also honored that you wrote the foreword to my boy mom book, and I will forever be grateful to you for that. Yeah, it was super special for me too, but it seemed like such a natural thing since you and I actually sit around you know, together in real life and talk about these things. 
I was just overcome with, with the joy of inviting others into the conversation, just like what we're doing today. Exactly. I love it. I love it. And I'm so excited too, because Wendy and I have been talking for months about this podcast and I've been turning to Wendy for lots of encouragement and support as I've made plans. And I've kind of warned her that I'd love it if she could plan to be a frequent guest here. I'm calling this podcast with Monica Swanson and friends and Wendy will be a frequent friend if I have my way. So can't wait to include you in lots of these conversations, Wendy. Super, super. I can't wait. Yes. Well, we are going through chapters of my book here in these first episodes of the podcast, and we're talking about the 12 things your son needs most from you. And today brings us to the third chapter of the book, which is titled Training Ground, and it covers boundaries, freedoms, and discipline. And that is a lot. So I've asked Wendy if she'll come on and chat with me. We're going to divide this one into two because there's just so much to say. So we're going to talk today about boundaries and freedoms, and then we're going to cover discipline in a separate podcast episode. And as I was working on the boy mom book, I really wanted to um, make it my goal to offer parenting principles rather than specifics, because I'm aware that there's so many variables between families and even between individual kids. And everything from where we live, the community we're in, to the age, personality type, birth order, and on and on. And I know that's true right here in my own family, and it's true for moms all over the world. So before we hop in and really start this conversation, Wendy, why don't you give us a quick snapshot of your family? Tell us where you live, how old your boys are, maybe even a little about um, your parenting situation, where your husband is on a daily basis, and just what things look like. Give us a snapshot. Okay. Well, I have three boys, and Caleb is the oldest. He is 15, and Brody is our middle boy, and he is 13. And then Asher, my youngest, is 11. And I often tell the story of Asher's first complete sentence. He said, um, I'm the biggest, and he slammed <laughs> his little miniature fist on the table. And he's kind of been consistent with that um, self-assessment <laughs> from, oh. from the beginning, like all the way up to the present at 11, he still struts around like he's the biggest. So our whole birth order thing is a little out of whack. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, I love uh, it. Really, really strong personalities. Mm -hmm. uh, this has ended up being a lot more challenging. This, this raising boys, uh, mm -hmm to not only know and love God and others, but just know and love and be loving here in our home. So mm. we have lots of challenges each day, um, but one day at a time, one yes. challenge at a time, one um, rare peaceful moment at a time, yes. uh, handling them and uh, I'm learning so much and I love talking about it with other moms. Yes. Awesome. I love to hear about it. And some of you are familiar already with Wendy's book that she co-authored with Amber Leah called Triggers, where they talk about all the triggers to mommy anger. And that book has been a lifeline for me. It is one of those I say is essential for all moms to have. And um, I've just learned a lot from that book and put so many of the principles in there into practice. So Wendy, I know you've walked through this and I know that you're a champion. You're doing the work. So again, I can't wait to hear more from you. Thank you for that introduction about your boys and you're in San Diego. Yes, I'm in San Diego, which is Southern California. So when, when Monica and the boys come each summer to um, Southern California for Luke surfing, it's always awesome because she's only an hour and a half or so from, from where we are. That's right. I'll be back there real soon. Can't yeah, I can't to wait. See you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, today we are going to get started with um, 
boundaries and freedoms. And I want to chat first about what I mean when I talk about boundaries. And to be clear, because I know that word is used in all different ways, somewhat loosely, but the word boundaries for the sake of this conversation, I'm just referring to the rules, guidelines, and principles that we use when we're raising our kids. I say in my book that I see them as fenced in places that provide um, our boys with a safe place to grow and explore. And here's the key when we're talking about boundaries. It is my goal that in time, those externally applied boundaries in the form of rules and limitations established by parents will give way to internally applied boundaries in the form of self-restraint and personal choice. So we're really talking about giving our boys these rules, these guidelines, but in such a way that the goal is that they will grow up to be self-controlled young men. And that's kind of what I want to talk about here. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you you liken um, the boundaries almost to control. Like I'm not saying we're micromanaging and wanting to control our kids, mm. but we want those boundaries to work a little bit like a controlled environment so that they might grow up to be men who are self-controlled. Likewise, we use discipline. And I know that's a conversation for another day, <laughs> but it's very similar. We use discipline mm -hmm. as a means to um, encourage them to live self-disciplined lives. And exactly. so I think boundaries are so healthy. Our, our pastor recently likened boundaries in our spiritual lives to those bars that come over your shoulders and hold you in so that you might have a really good time on the roller coaster. Mm. And so our life is like a roller coaster. And mm. when we're about to go upside down in a loop-de-loop, we're mm -hmm. not cursing those, those boundaries that hold us in. They allow us to have fun. And oh. the same is true with the boundaries that we want to set for our kids. We want them to have fun. This isn't a mean thing. This is, hey, I want you to have a blast, whether that's in, you know, boundaries that we help them set for their purity in dating relationships, yep. which is another chapter altogether, mm -hmm. or yep. if it's boundaries in how we speak to each other as their toddlers yes. so that we might have good relationships and a good life. Oh, I love all that. And, and I'd love for you to expound on that a little bit. I want to hear for your three boys, some of the family rules you've used and or where have you needed to use individual rules? Because I think that's something super important to know is that sometimes we feel pressure to be so fair as moms. I think we think we have to treat all of our kids exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> but at least with my four boys, there's some rules that I've had to apply to one yeah. boy, but not others. Absolutely. Tell me a little about that in your home. You know, one of the things that I say to my boys, um, our follow-up book to triggers is actually called Parenting Scripts. Mm. And it's specifically for moms who struggle with what they're saying isn't working. And I really encourage moms to not lecture over and over again, but to craft for themselves in those problem areas, mm. short, pithy sayings. I call them parenting scripts. And your kids will just come to recognize, oh, this is what mom says. So one mm -hmm. of my scripts is we don't always do fair. And so I have rules and boundaries for one kid that the other kid might not need. Yes. And some of it has to do with age. Some of it has to do with personality. Some mm -hmm. of it has to do with individual struggles. Yes. Um, so like right now, my oldest, and I know you have a lot of listeners who have young children too. So I'll mm -hmm. try to give a couple of examples, but right now, just because this is right where I am, yes. our boundaries 
um, I'm, I try very hard to make them simple mm. um, because I Wise. think you and I could sit and talk about there are seasons when absolutely everything out of your mouth is a correction because out of everything out of their mouth <laughs> or their behavior is wrong, right? Mm -hmm. um, so <laughs> I got the best piece of parenting advice. Do you want to know what book I got it out of? I, I got, got it here. out of the story, um, Little Men by Louisa May oh. Alcott. Remember, yep. she's the author that yes. wrote Little Women. Yes. And in the end of it, spoiler alert, uh, in the end of, of Little Women, Joe grows up and marries Professor Bear. Mm -hmm. And in the follow-up book, which is Little Men, Joe and Professor Bear, they run a school for boys. Like it's a big house and all the boys live there. There mm -hmm. are 12 boys. Anyway, um, I have gotten the best parenting advice from this Ooh. book that I read aloud to my kids. Do and I'm tell. hoping, Monica, one of these days we need to have a conversation all about the best books to okay. read aloud. Yes. Okay. Love that. So let me just read this one. It's a very small section. Here it goes. The bears did their best to have the lads behave well at mealtimes and generally succeeded pretty well for their, sorry, for their rules were few and sensible. And mm. the boys, knowing that they tried to make things easy and happy, did their best to obey. Mm. Anyway, that, that encourages I me so that. much because my tendency, and I know, I know that I'm not alone is to micromanage every wrong behavior, every wrong, wrong word, every wrong look with their haughty eyes. And mm. I become so controlling rather mm. than just give them, you know, some sensible, that means it makes sense, rules that are for their benefit so that they can yes. enjoy one another, the boys, and, um, and get ready for a life well lived. Yes. And so I have tried so hard to look at each of the seasons we're in and say, what are the few rules? Mm, I love that. That is key. Now, I'll, I'll still get off track sometimes. But when I do, I say, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Wendy. You're overcorrecting. You're micromanaging. What are the few rules? Keep them simple. Keep, oh. keep them simple and yes. sensible. Simple and sensible. Simple and sensible. Oh, that is sense. so good. That is so, so good. Yes. Well, while there are great conversations to be had for each of these seasons, I can tell you that the life season I'm in right now with a high schooler, a junior higher, and a kid in the upper years of elementary school is all three of my kids struggle with academics. Mm -hmm. There's not one easy learner in the bunch. And, um, and so I want them to learn that you don't have to um, be the smartest in the class, but you do have to work hard. You do. And yes. you have to, um, I require them to work as hard as they need to work to get all A's and B's. Um, and so that right now is our boundary. Oh, you need to have yeah. A's and B's. And actually we have three boundaries. You need to have A's and B's or do everything within your power to get as right. close to that as possible. Sure, sure. You need to Reasonable. be kind to the people in our home. My kids mm. are so kind to people beyond our home, but you need to be <laughs> kind to the people in our home. Right. And you need to be able to get up and make your bed and get ready for the day um, uh, in a way that takes ownership of your own room. Now, we also have, just like you do, rotating chores and not a lot of them. It's like this right. month, so-and-so's doing dishes, this month, so-and-so's sweeping and vacuuming, and this month, someone's taking out the trash and cleaning one car a week. Yes. So they're very, very simple 
rules, I guess you could say, but Mm -hmm. the at home, most important things, the boundary um, for this season is you got to have A's and B's if you're going to even get an allowance. Yes. Because our boys are going to grow up to be men who have got to get their job done if they're going to get you know, paycheck. Yes. And so many we times have that analogy that. all the time. I know you do too. I probably got <laughs> this from you for goodness sake. Uh, no. <sighs> and that's it. That's a big one. That's a big one for me. And that means half the time, half of my kids don't yep. get an allowance mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. for where we are. This just started this year. Right. And so that's hard, but they've got to be able to get their grades up, even if that means they have to come to me and say, mom, I need help prepping for this test or mom, I could really use a tutor or mom, I can't go to the movies on Friday night. I just, I've got to get this stuff done. I have a couple missing assignments. So I want to learn to take those, that, that those are responsibilities seriously. So few rules, keep them simple, keep them sensible. Oh, I love that. And I love too, that it does motivate them to take ownership. It motivates them to recognize what do I need to cut out? Where do I need help? And just so good. So good. And, well, and I, I totally, hope so. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the goal. We're not there yet. We're, we're not still, there yet. We're, we'll that's see. what I think it will, right? Yes. I think it will. It should, but I'm trying Absolutely. to be sensible. Yes. And I do believe too, that just too many rules is typically associated with rebellious hearts and attitudes when kids feel just too restricted they just get overwhelmed and so I love that you're talking about keeping them simple and um, and enforceable we have to be able to set rules that we can come up with an appropriate consequence for which of course will spill over into our discipline conversation coming up soon Monica there's a there's a, a a proverb that says sons do not, do not despise your mothers. Mm -hmm. And, um, my husband and I have talked about that a lot. And we think that it's a common problem for young men to despise their mothers Mm -hmm. because, and this is not shaming moms. This is just having a conversation here. I think we can be despicable. Mm. I think we can overcorrect and put such a constant nagging and berating, um, Mm you know, feel to absolutely everything we say and do, how, how could they not, mm-hmm. um, grow up wow. to feel yes. like, yeah, I despise Good the sound of her voice. And so oh. I want my kids to grow up despising me. And oh. I do know when I'm being a little despicable. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. If we're honest, I think yeah. we all do. Yeah. Ooh, good reminder, Wendy. Thank you for adding that for sure. That's, that's an important one for us to stop and reflect a bit on our own voices and our own words. So good. So good. I'm going to be pondering that one today. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I wanted to also touch on something that I have found really important in bringing up my boys that relates to these boundaries. And in the book, I talk about what I call the unexpected value of no. And this is times where our boys are actually relieved, even if they won't admit it, when we set a boundary or simply say no. Mm. And um, I first discovered this, my story that I've shared is um, that when my firstborn was just a baby still, so I wasn't at that place where I needed to set boundaries, but I was at a friend's house who had older kids than mine. And when her elementary age son had a friend over, they were playing, my friend and I were chatting and her son kind of just walked over to her and real cheerfully said, Oh, my friend wants to know if I can spend the night tonight. 
And my friend said, no, the Johnsons don't do sleepovers. Just like a real simple objective statement. And I was just observing this whole thing. And his, her son just cheerfully said, okay, mommy, and walked away and let his friend know. And I was so con not confused, but curious what, what was going on there that his son would ask. And it was such a easy uh, response to her no. And then she explained to me that just as a family, they had a little rule that they the kids really weren't comfortable with sleepovers yet, but they were always being asked by their friends. So it was easier for them to just come to her and ask, and then she could be the bad guy, you might say, and just say no. And how that got me thinking about all the times that kids ask to do things, that kids want to do things, or they think they want to do things, but really they may not be ready. They really yes. may not deep down feel like it's something they're comfortable with. And so I started to apply that in our family. And I'd love to hear any of your experiences with the no word. <laughs> yes. And you know, it's in your examples, because I've actually read this book and also just read other things online where you tell these stories. Mm -hmm. um, it's not always going to be bring peace no. to your child's heart. Like, so oh, phew, I wasn't really ready for that. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes we're going to be saying no to things like, hey, mom, would you drop me off at the mall? I want to hang out with my friends. Mm. And you might say, hey, um, Swansons don't <laughs> do drop-offs right. um, at the mall at this at this age. Um, nice. I know your kids are much older now, and so you, you might choose to do that. But as just an example, your kids might bulk and say, but everyone else. Okay, mm. So it could be, sorry, we're not doing cell phones mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. we're not doing social media. We're not doing yeah. Snapchat. We're oh. not doing, and it might be any number of no's that it feels to them, but everybody gets to, um, yeah, I understand I, yes. that, that you're, so many of your peers get dropped off at the local skate park, you know, when they're 11, 12 years old, mm -hmm. I'm not dropping off, but we can go on Tuesday and I'll hang out there and we'll bring your younger brothers. We can mm -hmm. definitely do that. So we can absolutely flip some of the no's of their requests into positive yeses in a way that, that is still a boundary that works. You're still yeah. getting the yes. But we're going to do it in, in a way that, um, that, that works for our family and our values Absolutely. and what mom and dad in the unified way feels like is the, is the right thing for mm. us. So even in the sleepover analogy, um, mm -hmm. if you really want it, like we can invite the cousins over and do one here, like mm -hmm. that fits within what mm. we feel is a good thing. So I think that finding ways to get yeses, I think oftentimes their requests are saying, Hey mom, I'm wanting to mm. grow I'm wanting yes. more independence. That's what I see most of all with my old Right. Yes. He asks for things because the vision of what he wants represents growing up. Yep. And so right. um, I, I'm trying to find yeses that validate where he at where he wants to be. Mm -hmm. The deeper question. Yes, the deeper question, the deeper oh. want. I love that. I love that. And and even if it's a time where we can't. I, I think one of the beautiful things about having kids who are a little older is I've actually hit a few of those moments where my older sons have said, looking back, I'm so glad you said no to this. Yes. this. And I remember how painful it was in, at the moment because there really was no way to turn it into a positive. I, I, there was no yes. It was just a simple no. It was and just a no. It was painful. And yet yeah. I'm so thankful when you hit that stage where they can actually thank you. And sometimes it takes many years. So sometimes we need to just be patient. But um, I love that thought of looking 
at the deeper question. What is it they're really wanting right now? Is it to be validated that they're growing up? Is it a little more freedom? And if so, um, how can we offer them that? Which is actually the perfect segue to the other half of our conversation. So yes, if you're ready, yes, I I'm ready. This is the fun part. So this yeah. is really what I got excited when I first called Wendy to want to um, have her join me for this conversation because I love to talk about freedoms. I love this. And yet it really does go hand in hand with um, boundaries. And once we've set, set up boundaries that are healthy and safe, the truth is boundaries alone aren't going to work unless boys have that opportunity to experience some healthy boy adventures, some freedoms. They need to stretch their wings and yes, they need to grow up whether we like it or not. And so, um, I just, I just love talking about the right kind of freedoms to offer our son. I'll open here with, um, with a John Eldridge quote, which I love from his book, Wild at Heart. He says, adventure with all its requisite danger and wildness is a deeply spiritual longing written into the soul of man. And I just love that because I do see that in my voice. It makes my eyes tear up. I love it so much. I'm really, really hoping and I'll, and I'll, I'll send you a message about this after our, our, our podcast and reminding you about this. You've okay. got to reach out to John Eldridge. I would love to hear you have a conversation mm-hmm. with him oh, at some point. That because, would be man, super fun. He speaks to this in yeah. such an exciting way that invites us to mm. join the adventure with yes. our sons. Oh, I love that. I love that. And, um, and yes, I've just witnessed it firsthand in different ways. And and again, this is where I love to bring you on. Um, right. And and I love to tell all the moms out there, wherever you might be, whatever country or state or town you might be in, that this is going to look different for every family. Yeah. I think the way my family experiences adventure is probably very unique for most people because I live on an island. And, um, you know, I talk a lot about my boys surfing, my boys go spear fishing with, you know, guns under the water, spear guns. And my eight-year-old for his ninth birthday wants his first spear gun. So we do water, water adventures, but I do believe that some form of adventure, some form of, um, just fun, free activity is available, whether you live in a city or in the country. And I love to follow what Wendy's boys do. So Wendy, I want you to share with us a little look at your boys' form of adventure. Okay, absolutely. Um, well, just their sports. I have oh. kids that do lacrosse and water polo, which mm. are really, really um, physical mm. um, sports with a lot of physical altercation, (laughs) which I think is very funny because my husband has always said, yeah, no, no football for our boys. And now here they are basically doing football with sticks Uh in the water. Exactly. (laughs) So um, so we're we're a little bit maybe hypocritical and can't do this, but man, we'll take you out to the desert (laughs) and put you on motorcycles. So that's one of the big things that my husband does. They do camping and rock climbing and each of the boys has their own um, dirt bike and they go <sighs> out and they camp in the desert and they go dirt bike riding and they've got a buggy and they go down dunes and there's a roll cage on the buggy for a reason, right? For a reason. It's and, a boundary. <laughs> you know, I've never heard you talk about this, Monica, um, in light of, you know, your children out there with very powerful waves, but I'm actually not comfortable with me personally, I'm not comfortable 
with them going out to the desert and riding motorcycles. I've gone out there with them. And when you go over like these hills, I just immediately have this, this fear that someone's coming up the other side of the hill and it's going to be like a head on collision. And it's just way, 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 way out of my comfort zone. Yes. And yet there's a, there's a, there's a component of submission, um, when it comes to letting my kids have these adventures, um, my husband feels a lot of confidence that this is what God's given our family is this opportunity for him to connect with the boys in this way. And so I commit to praying their protection for their protection and for packing up the cooler full of food to last (laughs) days and to set them off and to um, ask for text messages full of pictures. And I celebrate it with them, even though it's beyond my sensibilities, my comfort zone. So I don't want to just say, Hey, yeah, we got dirt bike riding and find ways for your kids to have adventures. No, I want to be honest and say, yeah, it's a little out of my comfort zone, but I always think God what were you thinking when you <laughs> created boys and then gave them to moms? Oh, because the majority so of us are not comfortable You're with right. their need for um, thrill, danger, adventure. You know, it's it's not normal for us. Give me a cup of tea and um, a walk with a friend on a beautiful day with uh-huh. flowers blooming yeah. all around me. And that I'm very comfortable with. But that's not the life I want for my son. No. So. I'm on the mom, the job to raise these. Yes. And and thank God for dads. Thank God for the men in our lives who are um, able and willing to do that. And, you know, for the moms who don't have a father who's involved in their kid's life, I say we've got to find some things, whether it's a sports team, a club. um, There are so many opportunities out there if we're looking. So I really encourage moms. I know there was a season my husband was just too busy. He was in his residency program when the boys were little and I had to go out and sign boys up for some things myself. And that was okay. I mean, it wasn't ideal yeah. maybe, but it did the job. But Wendy, you mentioned something when we were talking a while ago about your perspective, especially for the young moms out there. Um, when your boys were little, how yes. you set your husband up for success. Tell us, tell us that, that inspired me. Yeah, I I really am so thankful that um, God inspired my heart in this way because I think it's one of the best things that I did for my husband and my boys. When my kids were young, my husband was not a very hands-on dad and he knew it like yeah. so much so that I would be with them all day and then I would give them three baths and I would do the tuck-ins and maybe every now and then he would come in and he would tell a funny made up story <laughs> and I, like I would be exhausted. And then, and then, you know, it's time to go to bed and I'm like, I don't want to make love. I'm exhausted. <laughs> but maybe if you were a little more hands-on with a kid, I mean, but that's, oh. that, that's a podcast for another day, right? Do we all but relate? Yes. In the midst of all of this, um, I wanted him to be cultivating this, mm. um, this life of adventure with our little tigers, you know, yes. and he had a vision for what it was going to look like when they were older. And he would say, trust me, a day is coming. And I'm like, I don't know when that day is going to be. I don't know if you're even going to recognize the day if you're not doing it now. That's right. One of the yeah. things that I did was I, I, this idea of, I wanted to make him their hero now. 
Love it. So I started planning adventures. And I mean, this started when my firstborn was two years old and I had a newborn. Actually, I was pregnant with a second. Mm. And I said, when this baby comes, I'm going to, I'm not going to be as available to Caleb, you know, in while I'm nursing and changing diapers and doing all the things. Let's put together a few father son big boy outings, we call them. Yes. Time to get to know your son, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And show you that you can actually do this. He's potty trained. You can go. Uh, I bought tickets for them to go on a ride on Thomas the train in a nearby city, (laughs) like a full size train that looked like Thomas. And it was their very first outing. And he came back. He's like, we had the best time. So that's when this vision was birthed. And after that, as the boys grew up, I would set them up and say, I got you tickets for the zoo. So Mm -hmm. instead of saying, hey, mom needs a day off, can you take them and do something? I would set him up for success, making dad their hero and Mm. say, I've got this fun day worked out. I might even call another mom and say, hey, do you want to surprise the husband in your life, the father in your life as well, and set them off together? And then Ah. as they got older, I got them tickets to a father-son retreat up at our local Christian conference center. And I think that just helped in the transition to say, oh. I'm able to do this. It's fun. And then of course he caught his own vision and I've been like running to keep up with it ever since. Oh, I just love that Wendy. And I just love your heart in that, how easy it is for us when we are weary, when the kids are young to just fall into self-pity and complaining and comparing our husbands to anyone out there we can find who might be doing a little more than they are. But for you to just decide to give it that positive spin, I just think is brilliant. And I hope someone out there takes notes and runs with that now, because I know I could have used that advice a few years back. So that is just such, such an inspiration. Thank you for sharing that for sure. You bet. Well, and and if you, if you're in a marriage right now where your husband isn't even your hero, Mm -hmm. you know, he Mm -hmm. hasn't, he hasn't brought you flowers or um, taken you on a date in um, years or months or however long it's been, that's made your heart so lonely. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that we can actually apply this to our own married lives and set him up for success there too and say, hey, I've got, I have got a really fun surprise planned for you this weekend. Do not plan anything. And then the kids go to your parents and you got a cheap hotel downtown. And, uh-huh. and then the key to this is thanking him uh-huh. at the end of what you put together. Yes. Consider it that he is taking you out, except you just set him up for success to be your hero. So make their dad their hero, but make your husband your hero. Set him up for success. Do it a few times. He'll catch a vision for it, most likely. Oh, I love that so much. I just... That is just beautiful. And I think it's taken me, we just had our 23rd wedding anniversary and um, it was quite a few years into our marriage that I just started to realize that part of growing up is accepting your husband's strengths and weaknesses. I mean, God knows I've got my own strengths and weaknesses Mm -hmm. and to recognize his personality, how he's wired and exactly what you said has been just the truth for us. I know that if I plan something, he will never say no. He will never be bummed. And yet 
I think it's pride in me that for so long wanted to wait for him to be the one to do it. But nope, you are absolutely right. Anytime I've planned it, he's been on board. It's been a great time. And I love that you remind us to thank them, make yeah. them the hero. I'm going to keep working on this one. So well, and thank them stuff. in more ways than one. I mean, yes. really <laughs> make them the hero. <laughs> exactly. So good. Oh, I just love that. I love that. Well, um, one of my favorite, um, analogies when we're talking about this thing of freedom with our kids before we close, because really wanted to share this analogy. And I do share it in the book as well. But when we're talking about freedom with our kids and because I'm sure some people are trying to figure out what kind of freedoms to give at what age, you know, when, when do I let my kids go dive in the ocean without me? Or when do I let them go on a dirt bike? Um, I know for me, some of the physical things. I just don't know. I, like you said, it's something I rely on my husband for to figure out what they're ready for and what they're not. And also though, socially, when do you let your son go hang out with friends without you being there or without, you know, being a helicopter mom, how do we, how do we figure out these freedoms that come a little at a time, not all at once. And so I I use an analogy that I just kind of thought would be nice to close with. I use the analogy of a greenhouse plant. And I love that picture. Um, We live next door to a nursery, actually. They're um, right here in the country on our North Shore. There's a nursery where they grow plants. And I watch over time. And one thing that I know is when there is a greenhouse, when you're trying to make a plant grow in a greenhouse, you're really following a process of setting up a plant that's maybe just a baby, just a seedling in this greenhouse where it's safe and secure. And then you're slowly watching it, watching its progress. And then I see that they'll bring plants out for a time and put them out in the sunshine, but then they'll bring them back in again. And it's this process of in and out and figuring out what they need next and and how they're going to grow. And then eventually I watch as the nursery workers bring the plant out and plant it into the ground in a bigger pot or right into the ground. And so I love this because as I've raised my kids, I've thought, what are they ready for? And usually it's not all at once. And that's where it'll be a few moments out of their greenhouse, a few moments out in the wild world, whether it's in the ocean or with friends or at school or whatever the situation is. And so that's something that I just love to hold on to is knowing that each of those plants do not grow at the same rate. Some might take a long time before they're ready to be planted in the ground. Others might grow real quick and be strong and you just have to observe their individual differences. So again, as we've talked about each of our individual kids, I think this is something really key to keep in mind. Um, Wendy, I don't know if you've had any experiences with one of your kids being, sounds like your youngest maybe hit the ground running even as a little guy, but have you experienced any of that where there's just a different rate of being ready for adventure or freedom? Absolutely. I mean, so many things. And we actually, my husband and I went and sat down with a counselor only a couple months ago. Our oldest was going through some things at school and we just wanted the perspective of someone who was smarter than we were. So good. And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, little PSA here, let me get on my soapbox. Counselors are great. If you find a really good counselor, that's, that's worth their weight in gold. So um, we, we sat down and talked to him and we were talking about really going back to the whole boundary conversation. And he said, communicate with your kids that when they do these things, there are rewards, there are freedoms. Mm. So that's how boundaries and freedoms can really go together. And he said, it's okay if the 15-year-old shows you, I'm not ready for those freedoms. And the 11-year-old shows you, 
that he is. Now, oh. that might be positive peer pressure or it might cause heartache. Mm-hmm. But you're mm-hmm. you're raising these children in a home together, but they are individuals. Oh, uh, God yes. says, I know the plans I have for you. Yes. to cross for you and not to harm you. And so he looks individually at our kids and says, I'm, I'm part of this growing up. I'm casting a vision. I've given you parents that are going to help you get there. But it doesn't mean it always happens at the same time it's happening for your brother or your sister. Oh. Um, and that, that's hard. Again, what's one of my parenting scripts? <laughs> we don't always do fair is what I say. Um, I love it. I so love it. Taking yes. them one at a time. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Just yesterday, I, I brought out my one of my most used mom mantras, which is, with freedom comes responsibility. <laughs> and, is that and, Larry Boy or Spider-Man? I think you both <laughs> said it. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yes. I, and, and I've used it more times over the years, and my boys get it because yes. that exactly what you said. Little Levi is um, wanting so much to keep up with his big yes. brothers. He's just eight, but you know, when the next one up is 15 already, he wants to do what they're doing. And I say, listen, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing if they hadn't proven to me over time that they're responsible. And if yes. they're not responsible, they're going to lose those freedoms. So buddy, if you want to get to where they are, if you want to do the cool things they're doing, then be Show responsible me. with yeah. what you've got. So Earn it, buddy. Absolutely. A little, a little well, the youngest in our family has the most money in his wallet. <laughs> truly, truly. He he'll wake up from the time he was three. Uh-huh. I would wake up on a Saturday morning, look out the window, and he's got his older brother's boots pulled on. Oh, carry, I, I'm not joking you, three years old, carrying limbs of down trees up the side of the hill on our property. We've got a couple acres. And he was working outside with his dad and he comes in and says, I'm a Woko man. You know, I'm oh, the worker man here goodness. in this family. I'm the biggest. Oh, and, um, I and can't dad wait was, to see what he does with his it's life. It's going to be exciting. I know, but, um, <laughs> but it's possible that he's going to work harder than the older brothers, I, unless they decide that they want to be a Woko man too. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, I just love it. He's going to be like the teenage CEO. I can see it now. Yeah. Well, I'll be watching him. I'll keep my eyes on that one. Yeah, it's fun. (laughs) So good. Well, this topic, we could probably talk all day. And now in the same chapter, there is the topic of discipline. But because that is such a big one, um, Wendy and I are going to come back together another time. We're going to come back and talk about discipline which really is important because when we talk about boundaries and freedoms, um, we have to know what do we do when a kid busts a boundary? When we set a rule in place and they just keep pushing, um, they break our trust, they choose to go their own way, what do we do? And as much as I don't like this part of my job, discipline is big part of our job as parents. And it's important to talk about it because it can be done right. And it can be done really wrong in a lot of ways. And I've gotten it wrong more than once myself. So I think it's important. We encourage each other, share our stories, share some lessons we've learned and talk a little bit about discipline. Um, But the fun stuff is the freedoms. Boundaries are necessary. And then, of course, discipline will be another conversation. But I think it's an important one. So, Wendy, I just want to thank you again so very much for being with me today here. Absolutely. You know, Monica, usually when I'm a guest on podcasts, it feels like I'm giving up some of my time to um, serve others. <laughs> and this time I feel like, um, you know, this is the gift to me because it, it, it reminds me what my 
values are, what my plans are, and mm. it encourages me to keep putting one good foot in front of the other. And and there's going to be there's going to be fruit. There's going to mm. be fruit. So let us not grow weary in yes. doing the good parenting for in due season. We will reap a harvest if we do not lose heart. So we're going to continue this conversation next time. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you, Wendy, so much. That was a lot of fun. And I hope all of you enjoyed it and got a lot out of it as well. So guys, there will be show notes to everything Wendy and I covered over at my blog. You can find them at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. You'll find links to Wendy's books, anything else we talked about, as well as Wendy's website, which is wendyspeak.com. So I'll share links and some show notes just from the things we talked about today. And I just want to thank you guys so much for being here with us. I want to um, invite you to email me any feedback, any thoughts, any special requests at aloha at monicaswanson.com. And once again, if you would be so kind as to leave a rating or review at iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast, if you'd subscribe to the podcast, that would be so awesome. So next time we're going to be coming back together again, Wendy and I, to spread the word, come back and join us. And I'll look forward to seeing you again next time. Thanks so much. Aloha.